Good morning, Castaways, and welcome to Twists and Torches. My name is Cameron, and I'm your host. And today, I'm going to be breaking down the penultimate episode of Survivor 42. I can't believe we're already at the end, my second full season of coverage on this podcast. Uh, So thank you all for tuning in to listen this season. Uh, I'm very excited, of course, for finale week next week. But uh, we got one last episode, and it's a a good one, very good one. Uh, They've really stepped it up in terms of quality in the towards the end of the the merge phase here uh very very solid episode strategically socially just really interesting overall uh should make for an interesting finale um but yeah I, I really i can't believe that we're here it seems like just the other day we started this season um but uh we're at the end survivor is uh too short i'd love like 20 episode seasons i think that'd be great but uh unrealistic unfortunately we Begin. We've just left off with the uh, big tribal where Lindsay successfully dodged the do or die game. Andrea was promptly voted out um, in a, a brilliant move by Omer, really. And of course, she, to foreshadow this episode, kind of started talking about all of the all of the other survivors on her way out. And Omer was mentioned that uh, he was the only one that knew about her advantage. So he must have been the one to spill the beans here to Mike. And uh, it's very interesting where we find ourselves because this is a final six, but there's several advantages in play. Lindsay now has the amulet idol. Mike and Marianne have full idols. Marianne has an extra vote. Uh, So there is a lot going on, even though we're down to six. It's also the last time that shot in the dark can be played. And so there are a lot of possibilities that could happen at this upcoming vote. And I think everybody is really thinking in terms of their long-term game at this point uh, and who they really want to sit next to at the end. They, they probably should have started a tribal earlier, and many of them, I'm sure, did. But at the same time, six is really when you can, you can really taste it because if you make it through this one, there's only one more real tribal before the fire making, and then it's the final three. Um, so at this stage in the game, you really need to be thinking about setting up your end game counting the jury votes, saying who will vote for who if I'm sitting next to them and what your best chance is at winning. Because some people, they can't win already. They don't know that, but they can't. They're already out of contention because everyone left would beat them or even three people left would beat them, which means they're not going to win, but they don't know that. So they're probably evaluating, who do I have the best chance at it? And for most people, that's probably Romeo. I don't get the sense that the jury in general uh, has high respect for Romeo or his game. I think that the tribe in general uh, doesn't see him as a uh, serious contender for the crown. Um, On the flip side, Jonathan, although a big challenge threat, and he did a lot in the challenges, he won a couple individual immunities, no record or anything, but he did win a few. Um, But at the same time, his strategic and social game was subpar, to say the least. And so I think that his chances are probably a little bit diminished. And Marianne has been on the bottom for quite a while, although playing from the bottom can be challenging and it can be resume building. At the same time, I don't think that everyone sees Marianne as as much of a threat as, say, Mike, Omar, or Lindsay who are probably the front runners at this point at the top of the episode. Um, so the, the three on the bottom, Jonathan, of course, doesn't know this because his perception is probably that he's still the biggest threat because of his challenge prowess. 
But for Marianne and Romeo, this is their opportunity not only to eliminate someone who would almost always beat them at the final tribal, but also to establish more of a, I hate this, but uh, this phrase, but more of a survivor resume. You can pull out a big move or something like that and potentially uh, climb up not only over the person who obviously gets voted out, but maybe over another person or two in terms of their threat level and who the jury would ultimately vote for. Uh, so that should be on the minds of everyone. Uh, for those who are the biggest threats, um, it's a little bit of a different story. I think that Lindsay and Omar at this point, it's in their best interest to keep each other because they want someone that will either get voted out the next tribal or for fire making. Um, because otherwise it's them because they know. So when you're one of the bigger jury threats, you actually want to take the second biggest or maybe slightly bigger than you with you for a little while longer. Um, so I think that's kind of where everybody's at. Mike is kind of in the middle here in terms of, um, I feel like it would be close between him and Lindsay, but Omar, I feel like would probably blow him out at the vote. Um, so Mike is thinking maybe a little bit short term for the next vote. We do see he's hesitant to pull the trigger on a big move and wants to play it safe uh, a little bit later on. Um, so in terms of everyone's mindset, uh, everybody's kind of on a different page which is uh, hopefully, and, and it does, leads to kind of an explosive and interesting tribal council. Uh, we get to see uh, Omar giving Mike his idol back. Uh, a very nice thing for him to do. Not necessarily the best game move. Uh, maybe he would lose Mike's vote, but I think that he probably should have held on to it, to be honest. Or um, I, I know Mike says, oh, this is for us and, and they're working together. But at the same time, you're at a point where uh, it's a little bit difficult to be on the same page with an idol, especially with only two more chances to play it. Uh, Omar gives his confessional where he does his evil laugh. And this uh, is, of course, his boot episode. So it's going to foreshadow him ultimately getting brought down. He has not been a villain. He's been very like schemy and gameplay and, and the way they've edited him is definitely like a big strategist. But we've never wanted to root against him. In fact, he has some likable moments in this episode when he brings up uh, a young relative of his at the challenge. And Jeff, of course, uh, being Jeff, has to address them directly. He just loves getting kids into the show, apparently. Um, and he looks right at the camera and says their name. And I, I can't remember if it was a niece or a nephew. Um, and I'm sure that was a great moment for that person. But uh, it was a little ham for me. Uh, Marianne gives a confessional on the inverse, and it's it's almost ironic, uh, kind of a dramatic irony, if you will, that she presents that Omer turned from a caterpillar into a butterfly at the tribal. He really came alive and kind of showed his cards a little bit so that people are like, oh, this guy, this guy is being very strategic, very social. And I think this is when you kind of have to turn it on if you're being an under-the-radar Machiavellian player, uh, because otherwise you get to Final Tribal and you just don't have the time to articulate it. Um, you have to show a little bit, even though it might get you voted out, and it does here, um, I think it is important, and I think that that was not the worst thing to happen to Omar. But of course, this is Marianne's opportunity to turn from a caterpillar into a butterfly, which is very, not only is it the title of the episode, but this really was the Marianne episode. Um, Mike came up with the plan 
but then almost chickened out or backed out because again, like I mentioned his position, it's actually kind of behooves him to keep Omer one more time. I know that Lindsay was probably because with Lindsay gone, he is now the secondary threat, but Omer's still above him. So he's willing to take the shot at Lindsay. But I think in his perception, Omer is the only person that's a bigger jury threat than him. And Lindsay and him might be close or she's a little bit lower. Um, but he doesn't want to go after Omer at this point because he's worried that he might be next. At least that's my perception based on his reaction. He kind of uh, floated the idea of going after one of them with Marianne before the challenge, but ultimately he tries to fall back on a Romeo plan because he thinks it's safe. Um, and playing safe does not win you Survivor all of the time. Uh, and so Marianne, I think, has uh, pushed a little bit up close to Mike's level in terms of jury threat, just with this move uh, while Mike was kind of left standing there uh, with the wrong, wrong person voted for. Uh, Marianne, I think has always been thinking long-term since the beginning of the game. And it, Based on because of the way that Taku shook out, it gave them a lot of time to do that. Um, there was never really a time where she was super in danger because they only went to tribal the one time and she managed to survive that. Um, and then, of course, coming into the merge, um, she was on the bottom, but she wasn't the biggest target of that majority. Um, that, of course, being like Chanel, then Tori, uh, Drea kind of fell by the wayside there. Um, and so she was not the target. And was able to kind of think long-term this whole time, build the relationships with the people that she knew she was going to need. And this is why I said back when I locked in my post-merge winner picks, of course, after Daniel, goodbye, Daniel, sorry, I still miss you, uh, though not as much as Jeannie. Um, I picked Mike, uh, Drea, who mostly because of her insane advantages and that didn't quite work out, but that's okay. So I still have Mike and, and Marianne. And I said, Marianne was that dark horse because I think she's very social. She's very likable. Um, you know, once you get into the stage of the game where, you know, you get used to people, of course, it probably was difficult on the onset, um, but they haven't shown much of that lately in the edit. And I think that uh, she has a very good chance to win, especially after this episode. But this was definitely her episode. She points out, you know, Omar and Lindsay's closeness, and that's been apparent the whole time. Uh, and definitely kind of gets into the, the strategy here and, and really tries to set herself apart. Um, I know that, you know, Jonathan and Lindsay had kind of been targeting each other and they didn't even notice her here. She really pulls off a, just a total snipe, a real, real stealth move. Uh, we actually have a reward challenge in this episode, even though the reward was lame. It was cool to see a challenge. Um, there was like a rope wheel where they had to spin. Marianne had too much fun. Jeff was like actively laughing at her during the challenge or with her. I don't know. Uh, she was having fun. She tried to then she spun out and then like reverse spun to like undizzy herself, which I don't think works. Uh, but she tried. Um, there was, uh, you know, a balance beam. They had to get a key and then unlock some puzzles. But most of it was the puzzle. I think they were all in the puzzle at the end, as is the case with these slightly shorter obstacle courses. Uh, there isn't a big, long physical element to it. So uh, ultimately, it just comes down to who can do the puzzle fastest, which was Omar in this case. Um, and he was allowed to choose either chicken and vegetables or chocolate chip cookies and cake. I think this was the same choice presented last time. Although Jeff specifies that if you take the chicken and veggies, you get to take two people. If you take the sweets, you take three. So he went with that just to be more democratic, I suppose, even though chicken and veggies is probably the better reward at this point. They went with the chicken and veggies last time. 
I think this was in Xander or no, it was the stew that Xander was like obsessed with very weird moment that I suddenly remembered. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what he goes with. He picks uh, Marianne Romeo and um, he left Lindsay and Jonathan. He took Mike and he left Lindsay and Jonathan back at camp. Um, probably a good choice. They, there's really no chance that they're going to talk actual strategy or like plot against him. Uh, he knows this. They're kind of after each other and really neither one of them want to get rid of him at this point. So uh, smart strategic move also to take kind of the food away from Jonathan. Um, and, and again, interesting that he chose the sweets, uh, probably just because there was an extra person. Kind of a lame reward. Uh, if you remember Survivor China, the reward at the final six reward challenge was they got to eat on the Great Wall of China. Um, and they like flew there by helicopter. It was incredible. And now it's like, oh, you're kind of back at camp in this little alcove. and Here's some cake and a few cookies. Uh, lame. I miss the cool rewards. I understand like COVID and also they're in Fiji. So there's only so much they can do culturally because they've been there for so long. But at the same time, I'd like to see some variation. Hopefully when uh, in this new filming cycle where the restrictions are a little bit lessened, hopefully. Um, so he chose to, again, share that reward. Um, Jonathan and Lindsay have basically a fake strategy conversation um, I think, uh, honestly, based on the confessionals that Jonathan actually got a little bit of the upper hand here, which is strange, although they might have just kind of been not showing us all of what Lindsay was thinking that she actually thought he thought that it was the target was Mike um, and uh, not not the case, which is interesting. So it was really a pointless fake strategy conversation. I don't think that Lindsay actually believes what he was saying. Um but she does give a confession, so who knows? Um, but Jonathan is kind of saying, yeah, like I was just trying to trick her. I don't. I wasn't really listening to anything she says at all. Uh, what I want to know, though, is uh, so the, the other group kind of rejoins them. And um, why did Lindsay say that she has to use the amulet at this tribal? Unless like Drea or High had spoiled that for someone else and said it was final six and like they were just confirming. Um, I don't know why she would give up that information because it's pretty valuable at this point, especially with two other idols out. Um, although I think people only know about one of them. Um, so why did she say that? Because that actually kind of impacted the vote. Uh, I really want to know because she's been pretty spot on with her, you know, keeping her lips sealed and not really revealing too much. Uh, so a, kind of a, a miss, uh, really a out of left field blunder by Lindsay. We hadn't really seen something like that before. Um, I think that Mike and Marianne, this conversation that they have, their plan is really intelligent. And I think they end up playing it really well, though Mike doesn't go through with it. Marianne plays it really well. Uh, but they, their, their rationale is really sound in terms of this is the opportunity to get rid of him. Uh, because they need to, they really need to worry about securing their spot in the final three starting the next time. So get rid of possibly the biggest jury threat now, instead of having to scramble and do it next time and having to worry about two idols plus the necklace. Uh, this is the time, and, and I think that their logic's really sound. It's a really smart decision. 
So we're going to get to the immunity challenge. And I just want to say, Jeff Probst, please, like, I know you're on all the marketing and like, you've been the host for 20 plus years, but it's not the Jeff show. Like I do, he talks too much, too much commentary about people smiling, you know, let me make a joke about the worst, best experience of your life. And let me point to Omar's loved one and specify it's, it's so cheesy and it's, yeah, it's too much. It's too much, Jeff. It's too much. It's not the Jeff Probst social experiment. Uh, we're not playing Survivor Jeff Island here where he is competing. Uh, he's just the host and uh, he has his moments, but this uh, it's, it's been a little rough this season. Um, I thought also that the Mr. Jeff thing, it's getting a little old. Uh, it was funny a couple times, Jonathan, but uh, uh, your catchphrase is not panning out, bud. Uh, I don't know what kind of catchphrases they had on endurance, but uh, this one is not, not working for Survivor. So this challenge has uh, a couple parts. Uh, they had to go through an obstacle course and get some puzzle pieces, which they use uh, to assemble the stairs. It has like the little holes for the pegs, which is a pretty standard Survivor thing towards the end. They do that a lot, um, which I really like. I think it's like a really good mix between like puzzle and physical. Um, they then had to kind of move some balls up a pole, which was kind of pointless. It took like two seconds. Um, and then they use those to finish a table maze. And it was one of those table mazes where there's one in the middle. I think they use a very similar one for the uh, winners at war buyback. I can't remember if it was the first or second one, but one of them had a table maze where they had to land two balls and one was in the middle, one was at the end. And the second one obviously is much more difficult. It was a close one. Once again, a Jonathan and Lindsay showdown. Jonathan was uh, maybe an inch or two from the hole of the second one before it, it fell into the groove and he had to start over and then Lindsay was able to clutch it out. So Lindsay with another immunity win. Good for her. She's really turning into quite the challenge beast here. Uh, she seemed very jazzed about it too. So, so good for her. Um, so her plan, of course, is this time it's Jonathan. Um, but Marianne goes to work her magic. But Mike, at this point, is a bit freaked out. Uh, not only about, because now Lindsay is safe and that was his target he doesn't want to get rid of omar for two reasons the first one is what i discussed earlier where i think that it actually benefits him to keep a higher threat in the game for one more tribal for mike specifically this doesn't apply to marianne jonathan or romeo who should want to get rid of the biggest jury threat but mike being close there at least from the from my perspective and from probably what the jury is thinking what the players are thinking that's what mike's thinking and there's an added risk there of he believes that Lindsay is going to play that aisle for her closest ally, Omer, based on what he knows of their dynamic. And he's probably correct. I think if Lindsay wasn't worried about the idol going back into circulation, she would have played it. Uh, that was her big worry. And she does say that in a confessional. She says it to Omer and basically is like, hey, like, I think you're safe. I'm not going to play this idol. I don't want to risk that, uh, which in my opinion is silly. Not only is it like specifically for the amulet twist, but also, you know, it's one day like sure someone could find it but there's already two idols out anyway and like you have a good chance of either winning immunity or finding it so i think it's a little bit blase for Lindsay to kind of write that off and say oh i know it's my last chance to play it but i'm not going to play it for homer that's silly uh you want to protect the person that you want to protect unless she wanted him gone but then she probably would have tried to come up with a way to get him out 
um, not knowing that that was the plan. So um, I don't really know what she was thinking. Not Lindsay's best episode, to be honest, strategically. Uh, she won the challenge, which is great. But um, in terms of, you know, working through the, the last legs of the game, uh, she kind of missed the mark a little bit here and, and lost a little bit of steam, I think. Um, so the other thing is, like, why is Jonathan the target? Um, I don't think that the jury respects him. Um, I don't, I, I think Drea likes him, but I don't think she would vote for him. Uh, High, I don't think would vote for him. Chanel, I don't think would vote for him. Uh, Roxroy uh, might, but I think he'd, he'd vote for Mike or even Omer first. Um, and Tori, uh, I'm not too sure. Uh, we didn't get a lot about her thinking in terms of uh, social dynamic. She was kind of on the bottom most of the time. Um, but I don't think that he would get that many votes. And in terms of challenge threats, I mean, his balance is pretty good, uh, but he's really not that good at puzzles. He hasn't won a challenge in a little bit. And unless it's just a pure endurance or a pure strength, which we don't get a lot towards the end anymore, and there's some some balance, some games, you know, with the stacking of the cards or the dishes or something, or, or the, um, the ball game where you have to put two and there's two uh, exits and you have to keep them moving uh, something motion. I can't remember the name of it. Um, those are the kinds of challenge we get at toward down the stretch. I mean, you see that good at making fire like that. They're worried about him still. Uh, I doubt it. I don't really get it. I think he's just kind of a scapegoat because they want to keep Romeo. Uh, but if I were Lindsay and Omer here, I'd be targeting Mike. Uh, I don't really, I don't really get it. Uh, speaking of Mike, Marianne tries to get him on board, but he says it's too risky. I'm worried about the idol. Um, interestingly, Romeo is the one who makes this plan happen. Marianne basically goes up to him and says, listen, man, I got an extra vote. You throw your vote on this person, on Omer, and I will play two, and we guarantee get him out because the other votes are getting split. Because um, there's two votes uh, that are going to Jonathan and two that are going on you because Jonathan and Mike are going against what Lindsay and Omer want, which is Jonathan. Um, and so Marianne, who frankly has probably wanted Jonathan out for a while, she goes with her gut and avoids the situation that could have happened where she falls victim to, oh, I've wanted this guy out for so long. Let me just go for it. And makes a poor strategic move. No, Marianne has ice in her veins and she makes the exact correct decision to, uh, to get rid of the person that she needs to. Um, and I, I thought this was absolutely brilliant. She just completely like, like Suri Fields or Parvati or uh, the, kind of that kind of style, just completely cutthroat. But at the same time, respectful, respectable. Uh, it's not personal. It's purely game. She's getting rid of the biggest threat and it's, it's a really smart move. Marianne's plan only works if Lindsay doesn't play the idol. So what I wonder is if she had a conversation with Lindsay around this, like, Oh, like I'm worried about, you know, Romeo finding it tomorrow. Uh, uh oh, because I know we're getting Jonathan out tonight, but like, what if Romeo gets it? Then what are we going to do? Like, is it Mike? And so maybe she put a little bit, we didn't see it, but um, that's all I can think because this is pretty, pretty gutsy to go with considering there's an idol. I know she thought she wasn't getting any votes and she didn't, 
Um, but at the same time, it's still kind of a risky move to go ahead and use that extra vote in this situation. Um, because say an idol is played, then you're kind of caught with the bag and people are like, what were you trying to pull? And then Omer's on your bad side and um, it, it turns into a two to two tie and you still have to vote. And I guess then you vote out Jonathan, but um, yeah, that, that was risky, but uh, she makes it happen. Very, very well done. Very probably the move of the season so far um, topping just barely last, last episode's vote. I think that Drea exposing Omer definitely could have contributed to this um, to really set himself up as like the premier threat at this point. Um, and it's unfortunate because again, the whole like leaving the tribal immediately is, is too bad, but um, it may have come out anyway. So uh, maybe Mike would have told a few people that since he's kind of gunning for Omer, at least at the beginning before pivoting. Um, yeah, a real, real big move from Marianne. And congratulations to Romeo who voted correctly on a plurality split of all things. He, he, could, he couldn't vote correctly in a clear majority, but in this situation, he, he gets it right. So good for, good for you, Romeo. Um, and, and yeah, I think this is the time to decide who you really want to see at the end. Uh, there's no more clean sweeps, especially with the shot in the dark. So we are uh, unfortunately going to say goodbye to Omer here. He really was one of the power players most of the season. Um, I'd compare him to Ricard, but I think he definitely surpassed Ricard in terms of gameplay. I think the gameplay is on a higher level than it was last season. And even if you know it was compared directly and say it was on the same level, I still think he would have surpassed it despite placing uh, one one before Ricard, of course. Uh, but Omer with just a really, really good game throughout. Uh, he, of course, benefited from his tribe not going to tribal except for once, but I don't think he would have gone there anyways. Um, and ultimately, you know, he really ran several of the votes, even when he didn't even have a vote uh, at the merge and beyond. Um, but it caught up to him a little bit. Uh, he was playing pretty hard for a long time, and it's really hard to do that in, in modern Survivor. Oftentimes, the person who does lay low just is sociable, gets to know people, gets people to trust them for a while, and then hits the ground running like Natalie Anderson at seven or six. That's the person who, I mean, look at Erica, right? Like, I, I know she was under-edited, and her tribe never went to tribal. But at the same time, uh, there probably was a lot of kind of behind the scenes maneuvering that we didn't see until she really broke out at the final seven, um, which I think is probably the best best way to win in modern Survivor. Um, and Omer started a little early, which was very entertaining. He got where he wanted to go up until this point, and he was with the people he wanted to, but uh, did catch up to him. And Lindsay winning immunity, I think, sealed his fate ultimately. But Omer was a great player. I would love to see him back. I think he's really interesting character. He has a lot of dynamic things about him. Um, please, uh, please lock him in for second chances too. He, he will be uh, one of the first people I vote for. Probably Rick Devins, Angelita, and Omar, number three. Um, so that's too bad, but he'll, of course, be on the jury. And this sets up a really interesting finale because uh, whenever the highest jury threat goes out, there's kind of like a struggle between like who was next originally and then who actually took this person out and then maybe who's. So I think that there are three legitimate contenders left to win the game, and it's really anyone's game. Uh, so one of them is going to win. Um, I think Romeo and Jonathan have almost no shot at this point. Um, Jonathan would... I don't know. I think that Lindsay and Marianne would both have to go and Jonathan would have to kind of argue that him and Mike played the same game and that he played it better. 
Um, but it would be a tough sell. I think Jonathan has like a 1% chance. Romeo, uh, it would be hard. He would need Jonathan with him. And I would say that he would have had a path with Marianne, if not for this episode where she pretty much orchestrated this, that like maybe he could make a compelling argument, but now um, this, I, I really don't see a shot at him winning. So at this point, the real contester, the real uh, contestants for that million are Lindsay, Mike, and uh, Marianne. Um, I think if one of them gets there with the other two, they just win. Uh, I think that Marianne and Mike is close. I think Lindsay is going to win against either of them, but maybe not both. I think there could be like a plurality vote situation if all three of them somehow end up at the end. I think that would be a mistake. I think that Romeo should absolutely be the person that gets taken through fire making if he survives the next tribal and he doesn't win immunity. I think that that um, is, would be a good decision by whoever wins that immunity um, at four. But we'll see. I, I like when it's out up in the open and you really don't know who's going to win, although I could be totally wrong. I mean, I said that I thought that Xander and Deshaun had a chance and they got blown out last season. So uh, please take it with a grain of salt. I'm not I, I'm, a, I'm an expert on the history of Survivor. I'm not an expert on predicting what's going to happen on current Survivor. Uh, I, I'm often wrong as uh, as my of course, my cast evals will uh, we'll demonstrate this season. Not great. I think I said Mike would go far and maybe over, but um, yeah, Daniel was my winner pick and that didn't pan out well. So what are you going to do? Uh, I want to take a moment to talk about the twists. Uh, they were all flops. The last two seasons, they've introduced multiple brand new twists that really we hadn't seen anything before. Of course, we get our immunity idols. We have an interesting way of finding the idols, but I don't consider that brand new. As well as the... Um, the extra vote or steal a vote with the wheel, which although the game is is sort of new, although it's kind of like Ghost Island or Island of the Idols in a way, uh, the advantages are not. So I want to talk about the, the brand new things, and there are five of them from the last two seasons. There's Shot in the Dark, Do or Die, Hourglass, and Knowledge is Power from both, and then Amulet, which is only on 42. And I would consider all of them flops uh, because they really didn't, make for more interesting television. If they had just been removed from the season, it would not have made that much of a difference. Um, Shot in the Dark, uh, the, it was not played at all. It was played once on 41, and it was like a unanimous vote, so that you know, if they had been safe, it would have changed it, but it really didn't. 42, I think three times, and twice very early, and they were unanimous votes, uh, so they knew they were going home, played it, and nothing happened. And then, of course, we had the Tory play in that uh, kind of strange tribal where the rules got all convoluted, and it was a unanimous decision vote before they actually voted, which was a weird one, and that didn't add anything. It would have been really strange if she had succeeded because uh, someone would have gone home for no reason. So that's a flop. The do or die twist, uh, both times, uh, all it did was make one extra person safe. Uh, neither of them went home. It didn't have really any consequences on the game. And it's looking like both of those people will make final three. So that was a flop. The hourglass twist, of course, is terrible. Uh, I've, I've talked about it at length both seasons, so I don't need to go on too much. But uh, last season, of course, the winner actually 
did the hourglass and flipped the game, but uh, I don't think she was going home anyway. And like kind of someone who was on the outs went home and it didn't do that much. And something very similar happened here where the, that person would have gone home in the next couple tribals. So, and then of course this time the hourglass smasher went home shortly after. So uh, didn't, didn't do much knowledge is power. Both times didn't steal anything. It was a, kind of a cool moment, a tribal, but just remove it and literally nothing changes for the season. The amulet uh, was also a flop. Um, none of the advantages got played. They just sat in their bags and they, uh, two of the people went out back to back at eight and seven. Uh, and then at six, the last time to play it, uh, the person didn't play it. So the real thing driving these seasons and all survivor seasons is not the twists. It's the cast. It's a social game, not a social experiment. That's stupid. I, I hate that. And I'm, I'm afraid we're in the social experiment era where probes just throw stuff at the wall and sees what sticks, but it's a social game. And that's what makes it interesting is the people making decisions like this tribal, like last tribal, like three tribals ago. Um, all of them interesting because of what the players decided was best for their game. Not because some silly game panned out where they picked the right box, but because they made the decision, they had the autonomy. And that's what's great about this show. Jeff's whole inspirational speech this time is, what's great about Survivor is this and this and this and this. No, Jeff, what's great about Survivor is when you shut up for a second and let the players play, let them talk, let them enjoy it. Uh, because otherwise it's just an overly produced version of the challenge and nobody wants that. Right. Right. Challenge fans. No, no, I'm just kidding. Um, it's, I, I was going to compare it to a dating show, but it's not, not nearly the same. Uh, but the integrity of the game is important because it's really why people are watching. They want to see these human stories in the framework of a game. Uh, they don't want to see a bunch of human stories with nothing behind it. They also don't want to see just a ton of random advantages that don't actually do anything and are way too niche. Um, so I hope they take some feedback. I know they did a little bit from 41 to 42. I, I hope they take a lot more to 43. I'm not saying go back to basics because the idol is part of the game. Extra votes, steal of votes can be interesting. They've played a part before, but we don't need all of these gimmicks. Do one, just do one a season. I'm begging you, please, because they all flopped. They didn't do anything. They were pointless. All right, that's uh, that's my rant for, for today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We will be back with the finale coverage, uh, which should be exciting. Hopefully, you know, we get to really dig into the finale and the season as a whole. Uh, I'm currently planning my off-season uh, ideas for what I can be doing when there's no live episodes. It'll be a little bit longer. Uh, might be a little bit of a struggle, but I've got some ideas. Hopefully, it'll be fun and, and you'll listen in. But thanks so much for listening. Go ahead and give us a like or a rating on whatever uh, place you're listening to podcasts, whether it's Spotify or Apple, uh, wherever that is, go ahead. And if you've enjoyed it, uh, also share it with a friend. Follow us on Twitter at Twists and Torches. Uh, and send me your off-season ideas. What kind of topic would you like me to cover in my, uh, my podcast voice? Uh, that would be great. Anyway, uh, thanks so much for listening and have a good one.